Welcome to the Weekly Awesome, your weekly rundown on all things that are worth knowing that are pretty super awesome. I'm Bubba, joined as always by my main men, Louie and Bill. Hello. Sweet Lou, Papa Bill, what's going on? Hey, not a whole lot, Bubba. How are you, man? I'm pretty good. I'm I'm feeling quite awesome. How how about yourself, Bill? I'm pre- pretty awesome. I mean, as awesome as, I mean, can, Monday night, can we say that we're taping this on a Monday night? Like, can we... Yeah, because we're yeah. going to talk about how we're watching the football game, right? So as awesome as yeah. I can be on a Monday night. No, we are not doing this live whenever you're listening to it. <laughs> That's not how podcasts work, you guys. <laughs> live and on demand, the weekly awesome podcast. Awesome. Louie, how about yourself? Uh, what's up? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Same as Bill. Uh, it's a Monday night, so, you know, taken with a grain of salt, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's below right. zero, which is also a thing that... Ooh, it's worth. 71 degrees where I am currently. Yeah, well, you do live in Phoenix. Congrats mm. on that. Yeah, but yeah, doing well. Good doing job. Well. Way to get out. All right. Show starting. Here we go. Weekly Awesome. First up, fellas, what are you drinking? Louie? Well, uh, in honor of Archer's triumphant return, I bought a bottle of scotch. Um, I got a, I don't know anything about scotch, which is similar to my red wine knowledge of last week, but um, it's a single malt. Any single malt will do. I learned that from Swingers. And so this is a uh, bottle of Glen Murray. Um, Mm. They've been making it since 1897, which is a decently long time. So there you go. It's it's not bad. It's scotchy and pretty tasty. So Bill, what do you got? Uh, Went, uh, went into the fridge and realized that I only had about six beers. All of which were Michelob Golden Light, exceptionally mm. smooth, cold-filtered taste from Anheuser Busch in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, this, the only place you can get that is in Minnesota and like parts of Iowa, yeah. and Wisconsin. And this reminds me so much of college. This was just a. Mm. This was the thing. This was the beer. Oh, and that's the beer that you drink on K State because it's so watery that right. you can actually drink twenty-four of them without dying. Yeah. Is it? Uh, do you have Jolly Ranchers in the bottom of it, Bill? Like in college too? <laughs> no. I, no. <laughs> it's just the Mick Golden. Oh, okay. I have got a just a tasty treat. Basically, it's hams of a different part of the country. I'm drinking Tecate, and Tecate. tastes like a stale bushlight. I mean, it's good stuff, <laughs> and it was cheap. So it wait, it tastes like bushlight, kind of but okay. stale. Is that that's a yeah, good it's thing? It's like a huh? staler bushlight, but colder. If that makes sense. <laughs> you put it. In I the feel like first. I feel like you might be underselling Tecate. I mean, I have always liked a good Tecate, and anytime any beer that gives you an excuse to jam fruit into it, I think is always positive. So I mean, I yeah, but I mean, it's not to say I don't like a good warm bush light. <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. Well, come here for your drink recommendations, people. You will go away sad. All right. First up, uh, song of the week. We here at the Weekly Awesome like to point you to a few songs each week. Some old, some new, some uh, that we just found, some that we found again. Um, You know, check them out. Uh, You can check them out on our website, uh, on the Awesomes page. You can uh, check out our videos of the week and our songs of the week. First up this week is Bill. Bill, what's your song of the week? Well, it's January. Um, and not that I'm the kind of person who gets this far ahead of the game. I'm certainly not working on my taxes as of yet, but they are on the brain because I saw oh. my first, uh, 
H&R Block commercial with that dude with the bow tie who it's all, get your billions back, America. And I, I don't care what anybody thinks. I think that guy's funny. I always chuckle when I see that <laughs> dude for some reason. He's, he's, he's funny to me. I know that probably makes me super lame and stupid, but um, I don't know. He's, he's the funny. funniest accountant on television. <laughs> I, I but anyway, it got me thinking about taxes and uh, took me back to kind of a, a, a Tower of Power tune that not everybody knows, but it's a really great tune. And it's classic Tower Ooh. of Power, super funky, super good jam. Uh, you really can dance to it. Um, the tune Taxed to the Max by Tower of Power. <laughs>
I like uh, I like this jam, Bill. I, I had never heard it before, but I it has one of those qualities that certain songs have that I enjoy, which is uh, like it's got the the glossy funk and is catchy as hell. But then when you listen to the lyrics, there's that incongruity at, where he's talking about like kind of big and semi potentially bummerific things, but yeah. it's still really funky and and a, you just still want to go out there and like, dance tune. to it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and then you're yeah. like, wait, what am I? Okay, all right. And, mm-hmm. you know, it makes you think a little bit. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, Bill and I actually saw Tower of Power, what, last year or two oh, years ago? Oh, yeah, at the Dakota in Minneapolis. That Down was in Minneapolis. And, God, let me tell you one thing. So good. I, I had listened to some Tower of Power before then, and I enjoyed it. But, good Lord, hearing it live, those dudes can play, and that guy can sing. Oh, yeah. Holy cow, that, was that show was awesome. Really fun. Really good time. Great song choice, Bill. Great song choice. All right, next segment. Don't you always want to go where all the shows are pretty much the same? Can't laugh the dad jokes or a violent crime explained. So join the housewives and bachelorettes or the host of a silly competition. Hop on the couch, we're talking basic cable television. All right, this week we're talking TV. We got a new year, as you might have noticed. Uh, all your DVR pre-recorded show selections have started to tape again. And uh, we thought, hey, it's a good time for us to say some awesome shows that uh, we're either looking forward to the second half of their first season or a song uh, or a show that's been on for a while that we're really into or maybe uh, something that's starting this spring. So, uh, Louie, what, uh, what awesome TV show are you telling people they should check out? Well, uh, I mentioned Archer, which is uh, certainly a, a great returning show worth checking out. But I just thought uh, the Golden Globes were last night, and there's a show that I really enjoyed that was that was kind of a surprise winner. Uh, it's an Amazon original called Transparent with Jeffrey Tambor um, and Gabby Hoffman and Judith Light and some other great actors and actresses. And it's, uh, yeah, I think it's eight to ten episodes, half hour. Um, it's a really incredible show. It's a uh, it's kind of a comedy, kind of a kind of not, but it basically uh, is the story of Jeffrey Tambor's character, and uh, she is a trans woman and going through the process of coming out to her family. And uh, yeah, it's a it sounds maybe like it would be terrible, or at least hokey or poorly done. But it's really well handled. It's funny. It's also sad. It's it's a uh, it's got a uh, Josh Lyman, forget the the uh, actor's name, but he's Bradley he, Whitford. Yep, Bradley Whitford is in it. Um, there's just a lot of really good acting. It's a uh, it's a subject that could be screwed up hard, but it's actually really good. Um, yeah, transparent. Um, just one, I think, best comedy, best something, and the Golden Globes on Sunday night, and Jeffrey Tambor won uh, won an award as well. So yeah, I would recommend that. It's uh, if you have uh, Amazon Prime, as is mentioned in our movies theme song, um, you will have access to that <laughs> show. So um, probably other ways to get to it as well. But yeah, I would recommend Transparent. Um, its first season is available for streaming, and I would definitely check it out. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm really looking forward to that. I've heard nothing but good things. And plus, it pops up really big right at the top of Amazon Prime when you open it up, so it's really easy to find. Even very uh, dumb people can find it. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, Bill? 
What do you got for us? This is this is my chance, Bubba, to, to co-opt the podcast and go nerd for two minutes here. But really, I don't watch <laughs> I'm okay with a whole ton of TV. I, I, there, there aren't a whole lot of things that I consider appointment viewing on television. And I don't I don't know why that is. And I, I don't say that to be like, yeah, I don't watch TV. I'm super cool. I just I just I just don't. Um, but uh, Doctor Who is the thing that I'm still always excited for. And I'm excited mm. because uh, they just didn't answer the questions I wanted them to answer in the Christmas special. And oh, it was so good. They're, though. They're, it was so oh, it was good. great. It was it was a wonderful, wonderful Christmas special. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I really like Nick Frost as Santa Claus was a lot of fun. It was a little Inception-y. It was kind of, it felt it a little bit of a, a yeah. ripoff <laughs> in that sense, but I still enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun episode and it still left a lot of open doors, still a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, the thing we talked about in our, one of our preseason pods, the Rupert Pink story and what's happening there and how does that going to wrap up? They, we have to wrap that up still. So if we're talking about TV in 2015, that's, that's the thing that I want to know about. So Awesome. So awesome. I am with you there. Louie, what do you think? Well, I have a question about Doctor Who. Can you, uh, just for those of us who don't watch it, where where are we at as far as, um, is this, is it is it divided into halves with the Christmas special in the middle? Is it on hiatus or what? It, what it, what is the it's status now the of the se- show? The season is done. The, se- the okay. season wrapped up in November and then the Christmas special is like a special just one-off thing that happens. And then I don't, I think the next season, Bubba, will start in August again, right? Will will it be another fall? They've done it in I the past it's where it's been a split season, where it's fall and then a Christmas yeah. special, and then they do a spring they season. It but it changes every year, so I'm not sure where they're at with it. Actually, I haven't looked. See, I talk about how excited I am, and now listen to how excited I was. I don't even know when the next episode is. Well, how uh, how would those of us who have not watched much Doctor Who or any Doctor Who, um, how would we go about getting into it? Um, you, I I believe it's all still on Netflix. That's how I got it into is. it originally. Was I watched okay. it all. The when the series revived in two thousand and six, yeah, six. I think that's right. With the ninth Doctor, when they kind of brought it all back to life, all of those starting from that day forward are um, on Netflix. So cool. Doctor, check Hill. it out. And my suggestion for the week is: I'm really excited. I know that we're all excited for Stephen Colbert's uh, new show. But I'm really excited for Larry Wilmore's show where it's taken the place of Colbert on uh, on Comedy Central. Uh, it's going to be called The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore. And uh, it's going to be, I think, it seems to be that it's going to be a similar layout with the first half being, you know, his take on news from the day. And uh, the second half can be maybe a panel or something, they said, where they're going to discuss. Um, I've always enjoyed him as the senior black correspondent on uh, The Daily Show. I think he has a really unique style and sense of uh, humor and a way of you know bringing you comedy um it's just different and, and i enjoy it it always makes me laugh uh and i looked into him more and that dude wrote for so many awesome he like wrote for in living color and produced about like the bernie mac show and a bunch of these awesome comedy shows um from like the 90s and early 2000s and yeah i'm, I'm pretty excited to get to see what that guy has to say on a on a nightly basis i think it'll be pretty enjoyable when so, he and comedy he's Central. been a writer He's been a writer on the Daily Show long before yeah. I think he was ever on the air um, as a as a senior black correspondent. But yeah, good call. That's it's going to be an interesting one. I think consistently funny with with a point of view that'll be that'll be unique and worth checking out. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited. Should be good. All right, next segment. We here at the Weekly Awesome like to give the award of Awesome Person of the Week 
there are really no rules to what makes someone awesome. It could be an old dead person. It could be a new baby. As long as they're awesome <laughs> and they have something to do with this week, we decide they get the award. It's awesome. That's why it's our podcast. Yeah. So if you want us to do a poll on Twitter, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> Only kidding. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Weekly Awesome. Anyways, this week's Awesome Person of the Week is coming from Louie Louie, who's our awesome person this week. Well, you know, uh, I wish I could say that the process to choose this person was highly scientific and involved some type of algorithm, but uh, I just typed in uh, famous January birthdays, started scrolling through them, and I landed <laughs> on uh, the January 11th birthdays, uh, so that was mm. Sunday. This gentleman turned 38, so he's somewhere between a New awesome baby and a dead old person, I think, as Bubba said. Um, and his name is Devin Rattray. Um, that may not sound familiar to uh, many Rattray. of you, but uh, you may know him better as Buzz McAllister in Home Alone 1 and 2. Uh, and I just thought, you know, he's also he also uh, actually has uh, revitalized his career a bit of late. He was in Nebraska, the Alexander Payne movie from uh yeah. mm-hmm. 2013 that won some Oscars or at least was nominated. And uh he is he's turned into quite a portly gentleman, which may not surprise anyone, but uh yeah, like De- Devin Devin Rattray, you know, if nothing else, uh he's inspired all of us he, somewhat indirectly to say woof as in buzz yeah. your girlfriend. <laughs> Woof. Woof. Um, true French chicks don't shave their pits. Some don't. <laughs> so, so, Devin Rattray, happy 38th birthday. Thank you for bringing Buzz McAllister and his sadistic self into the world with his kind of creepy, spiky haircut. Thanks, Devin. And um, inspiring us all to shove entire slices of pizza in our mouth in one, <laughs> in one shot, folding it up and just... He really yeah. did Hoover that pizza. And you know what? Looking at his filmography, I'm surprised uh, he couldn't be convinced to do Home Alone three. Really, I mean, doesn't look like he was up to much. But oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I'm looking at his IMDb page right right now, and one of the Home Alone things that I'm struck by is how how much his main picture on IMDb looks kind of like John Candy to me a little Ooh. bit for some oh. reason. Like he kind of like he and, and his other photos don't so much but that one photo to me uh just that's the one that's the, the one his main profile photo on imdb looks he is candy-ish yeah it's you know it's not a he's not like a dead ringer or anything but he also uh well there's some goofy things on his imdb or wikipedia but he uh he was in an episode of cash cab he did not win um, he also starred in a documentary awesome. in which he attempts to court Condoleezza Rice using love discs. That's in quote uh, quotes. Uh, those are love letters set to music and images to serenade her. And I think I would have to imagine that is also an unsuccessful attempt because I think we would have probably heard of that um, <laughs> if they had if they had ended up together. And uh, he's if also Buzz from part Home Alone of- hooked up with a former <laughs> secretary. <laughs> He also is in a band called Little Bill and the Beckleys. And so uh, that is awesome. A thing. Great band name. Yeah. So thank you, Devin Rattray, for all you have done to make our lives a little better, a little more awesome drink. All right, moving on. This week in awesome news, 
This Week in Awesome News is one of our favorite segments. We reach out to some of our favorite online news sources and uh, see what they have to say when we type awesome into their news search bar. First up, Yahoo. Type in awesome into their news, awesome news, and we get watch someone beat Pokemon Red Blue in 21 minutes. Wow. So, that sounds like quite an, <laughs> quite an awesome accomplishment. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to be honest. I did this search earlier, and I watched this whole video. <laughs> what? All 21 minutes of it? I did. Was I it was awesome? curious. Bubba. Uh, yeah, it was. It, it's part of the. T- okay, so this is the cool part. It's part of the this little this fundraiser. No, no, that was just done no. The t- there is no cool part. There is no cool part to this. It was part of the 2015 Awesome Games Done Quick. That's the name of the event, and it's a fundraiser. And they raised 1.3 million dollars by just having these like gatherings and people playing video games really fast and all and like putting them on the internet and like crowds coming to watch and them explaining how they're doing it. It's insane. This is a Game Boy Pokemon game. I mean, it's it's so fucking stupid. But this guy's just and like the cheats are. It's it's everything about it is ridiculous. But it, these people made one point three million dollars. But what did they? What donating was donating to some? What the money go? Okay, to? but that's yeah. I mean, it kind of depends what it's going toward. Uh, it is going towards uh, hookers and booze. Hookers and booze. <laughs> Good. Is, they're gonna get. They're gonna get uh, lonely gamers who try to set these records laid with hookers and booze. So good for them. <laughs> uh, it's actually. I found it. It's for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Oh. Well, now so, I feel like a dick. All right. <laughs> pretty solid. So that's actually pretty awesome. Good. Good. Good headline. But that don't watch that video. You will regret all twenty-one minutes of it. I, I don't, see. The thing is, Bubba. I don't think anyone, when you said I watched that video, was like, "Oh, I got to do." that they were like bubba <laughs> i i started and the kid was like i couldn't tell if he was british or australian <laughs> and it was freaking me out it was two in the middle it was like god damn it i can't tell if and he was like using li- language that i feel like is only in britain but he was saying it kind of australian and uh, it was a, it was like it just sounds I like just a wild ride it really was. Next across the ocean to the UK, The Guardian. What's awesome? Lego told everything is not awesome oh. in viral Greenpeace video. Anybody see this? No. No. Apparently it's got lots of views. So it's <laughs> it's yeah, it's a it's a bummer. It's a Greenpeace video trying to get Lego to cut their ties with Shell and it's like they did the like a really sad minored out version of the song everything is awesome sung like sarah mclaughlin style but just like you know a girl's voice and a lonely guitar and it's they used legos and like built a lego world and it's like supposed to be the the frozen north pole and it's just filling up the waters with oil and like drowning polar bears and drowning santa and everything in oil it's just like such a bummer and uh so it's awesome for i guess kind of no it's not awesome i think that's why it came up on the search (laughs) yeah uh so didn't plan on that one one, bubs (laughs) (laughs) i was really hoping for some good job the guardian so greenpeace is making my go sad all right finally to our tolerant friends at the washington times washington times What's awesome? I have a prediction. Nothing is awesome because the Washington Times is a conservative hate rag. I bet awesome is all the oil that was spilling in that Greenpeace commercial. It's gonna be like the it's gonna be like the counterpoint to your last one. 
It's going to be like, hey, everyone's eating polar bear because we drowned him in oil. <laughs> oh, and that makes this way better because the actual one for the Washington Times when you type awesome is the best and the baddest awesome rifles. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> it's just an article and you can scroll through 22 different... Uh, <laughs> 22 different guns and the first one is just a giant picture of a Kalashnikov and it's just, it's just insane oh thanks Washington Times you sure are swell alright and next up on the weekly awesome we have song of the week number two uh, this one's coming from me uh, this week I decided to choose uh, just a song that I had listened to for the first time in a while um, it's off of one of my favorite albums, probably first introduced to it maybe seven years ago, and it has continually climbed up to the very tops um, of, of, of my favorite albums. Uh, it's Night Falls Over Cordadella by Jens Lechman. And uh, this isn't one of the more you know popular kind of what would have been singles uh, from the album, but it's, it's a great track. It's uh, called Sipping on the Sweet Nectar. It is... Uh, it makes me want to dance, as does everything he does, even when it's sad and slow or tragic or... No, no matter what he's writing, it, somehow he finds a way to mix in these crazy beats with the instrumentation that is always unique and it always makes you want to dance. So check it out. Here it is. Jens Lechman sipping on the sweet nectar. Take a sip, I let it wet my lips 
Damn, I love that song. Yeah. Bubba, one of my most memorable shows of my life was Jens Luckman with you and Mr. Halvey Halverson in Portland, Oregon. Oh, God, yeah. That yeah. concert kicked ass. He, it was so good live. Everything was right. Yeah, that kicked ass. You know when you just do the perfect, you just do the perfect amount of controlled substances before a show <laughs> and it just hits, it hits just right? That was one of those shows. Indeed it was, cousin. All right, next segment. <laughs> All right, starting with the NFL update from this weekend. Colts Broncos, a bit of a surprise. Uh, Peyton Manning maybe done, but uh, other than that, three games that kind of ended up like we thought, right, fellas? Yeah, I, I know. I mean, we don't need to dwell on this because everybody is dwelling on it right now. But just really quick, did you all see the Des Bryant play? Can we can we make oh. the official stance of the weekly awesome that that should have been called a catch? Is that a thing that we can say? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, for sure. That was a hell of that was one of the finest incomplete passes I've ever seen. Yeah, really, really, really good athleticism displayed by Des Bryant there, and that's yeah, um, one of those cases where, yeah, the rule. Okay, I get it. The rule is the rule, but man, like, is the rule that's right? Then I just rule. don't think the rule is right. Yeah, it definitely seemed awesome like a catch. the classic ground causing a fumble situation, which I don't know. It's a bummer. It's just it more than anything. And you know why? The the biggest reason it was a bummer is because it was fourth and two and they just bombed it down the they field. Nuts, and I yeah. love when yep. teams do yeah. that. And <laughs> yeah, so fun. it pretty much worked, you know? Yep. Right. It's too bad. So we got lined up for next weekend. Uh we got New England, Indianapolis, Green Bay, Seattle. Who you guys got in those games? Uh I mean I, I think the I think the Colts was that was a big win for them. I think they will not be able to beat New England, and I'm not sure it'll be very close. Um, I think the NFC game will be much better. I do think the Seahawks will still win. I'm sticking with my original Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl with Seahawks champions. Kind of the same line of thinking. I do think the Patriots are are gonna thump Indy. It'll it won't it won't be close. But I gotta stick with my pick from last week too, Louie, and I say the Packers are gonna win because I live a tortured sports existence, and that's just the yes. way it goes. So we're yes. gonna have Packers Patriots in the Super Bowl, and uh, yeah, I think the Packers are gonna win just because sports hate me. New England wants the Colts, and the Packers win. However, for a different reason. So my thought is, is if the Packers are going to make the playoffs, might as well make it all the way right to just the very end, right when it's getting played with, but then you don't get to finish. Boom, yank it away, sit them down, you lose, and then we get a little satisfaction as a Viking fan. All right, Bill, give us a BCS update. Uh, thrilling podcast listening here for you. Uh, live update as we record. Ohio State is winning 21-20 to 20 over Oregon. There are approximately four minutes left in the third quarter. I know you are, again, on the edge of your seats, wondering what's going to happen in this game, as you no doubt listen to this podcast days after the national championship has been decided. I will say right now that Oregon wins 34-21. Ohio State is not going to score Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer ends up choking to death on the (laughs) mouthpiece part of his Bose two-way radio thing, and it's the saddest moment slash happiest moment for Ducks fans. That's my prediction. You heard it here first. Monday right. at 1030 p.m. Central Time. Rest in peace, Urban Meyer. We'll do an episode about you next week. 
All right, this last week for you Major League Baseball fans, Hall of Fame voting, a lot of big names on the ballot, a lot of speculation beforehand, and uh, we got four entries. Louis, tell us about it. Yeah, we had uh, four inductees this year. Uh, Three of them were first ballot Hall of Famers. We got uh, three pitchers. Those were the three first balloters, Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, and John Smoltz. And Craig Biggio got in on his third attempt. So, um, yeah, pretty, you know, it's hard to argue with any of those guys. I think most folks would agree that they're all Hall of Famers. Uh, Mike Piazza, Jeff Bagwell both just missed the cut. Uh, Mike Piazza is real close, 70% in his third year, so he's 5% away from the cutoff. Looks like he will get there next year. And uh, Bagwell and Tim Raines are further down at about 55 56%. Um, it's too bad for Piazza and Bagwell, two guys who are getting, uh, their reputations tarnished because of, uh, PED rumors, but have never been substantiated or anything like that. Um, yeah, I don't know about you guys. It's, it's fun looking at this, uh, just Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, two of the finest pitchers of the last 30, 40 years and such, uh, went about it in such different ways. And it's cool to see them get, uh, get inducted together. Um, and for guys our age, especially guys like Louie and I used to play a little baseball and pitch a little bit, guys guys who grew up that watching baseball at our age, these are two of the guys that we watched our entire childhood, you know? Mm-hmm. It was it's it's fun and, and crazy to see to see those guys going into the Hall of Fame, but very deserved. Uh, kinda makes us feel old a little bit yeah. watching yeah. watching pitcher you know, these guys are now guys not that like the last few years we didn't know the names that were being inducted, but definitely, you know, Martinez and Johnson are guys that we we definitely watched a lot of their games and remember them. We weren't so little that we don't remember those games. We remember those games and remember watching those guys pitch. And now they're Hall of Famers. And, that makes and seriously, how good was Randy Johnson in Little Big League? So good. Oh, my goodness. He was so scary. Like, oh, you just, yeah, you were very, yeah. Um, one, one thing, you know, a lot's been written about John Smoltz's unlikely first ballot hood. Um, yeah. Very similar numbers to Kurt Schilling and, and Mike Mussina, who are not anywhere near getting inducted. But I'd like to I'd like to shine a light on some uh, some folks further down the ballot. Um, one kind of fun thing about the Hall of Fame ballot every year is that some of the down ballot people that are included, uh, how should we say it? Uh, probably shouldn't have been, or at least are fun to look at. <laughs> my oh, yeah. favorite my favorite down ballot man. Uh, he is off the ballot after his first year because he received zero votes. For those who don't know, you you must receive 5% of the vote to remain on the ballot. Eddie Gordado did not receive any votes this year mm. in his first and only year Eddie. on the ballot. Also, Brian, Brian Giles and Rich Aurelia also did not receive a vote. Uh, Rich Aurelia? Are <laughs> yeah, you kidding? It's too what bad. are the writers thinking? Hold on, though, guys. Hold on. Wait. Wait who? One gentleman who did receive one vote. Bubba, you, he's near and dear to your heart. He's on billboards, was on billboards across the state of North Dakota. Darren Erstad received <laughs> one vote. You can't drive through Jamestown without seeing a big picture of Darren Erstad. <laughs> nah, you certainly, Hometown you certainly hero. couldn't. Yeah. Aaron was- Boone received two. Tom Flash Gordon, two. Troy Percival, four. And Carlos Delgado, 21. All those guys are off the ballot after their first oh, year. It's a shame about Eddie Gordano. Um, Nomar Garcia Para. Nomar Garcia Para got 30 votes and will be on the ballot again, which is just kind of funny because he's not that good. But um, he was quite good there for a few years. But uh, yeah, it's a good. 
Um, as far as the steroid guys, just quick update. Mark McGuire got 10% of the vote and will remain on the ballot. Sammy Sosa, 6.6% still on there. Um, yeah, I Sammy don't know. Sammy Sosa it's... once broke a rib sneezing. He also... <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Sosa did a lot of things. But you know what? Baseball was very, very good to him. So, um, Yeah, so Hall of Fame voting. It was a, it was a good year. I, I can't... can't complain too much about the guys that got in and um you know i i there's always room for more guys i think there's a log jam right now with the uh, clemens and bonds who certainly should be in the hall of fame and are not in my okay opinion. i was just good i, I was gonna ask I, I we don't need to do a big because you i know people this is a point that gets belabored a lot but i was gonna do a quick once around and see where you guys sat on that but and i agree with you louis i think you know those guys were what they were and they were super good and put them in the hall of fame. and it's a museum right so like yeah don't don't shy away from it. You can talk about the fact that steroids were a big thing in baseball. Whatever you that that can be part of part of the well, conversation too. You don't that have can be to, part of their story. It doesn't mean right. that they weren't really 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 good at the game they were playing. So if everyone knows they did steroids, yeah, put it in there. Write it in. Who cares? But I think it's kind of stupid, especially with the numbers that these guys broke. That yeah, uh, there are so many guys in there that have done things just as or equal to. But since it wasn't part of this one big bust, right. I don't know. I yep. it just I think less time needs to be wasted on it. Well, and I'd also point out that um, when when they were allegedly doing steroids, it wasn't against the rules, and there were mm-hmm. no testing for it. So it's really hard to say. I mean, I think a, a person like Manny Ramirez who failed a test, or Ryan Braun, or Alex Rodriguez, I think you can handle that a different way. Sure, but yep. in I mean, if everyone was complicit in what was happening with steroids um, from the commissioner to the fans to everyone. I think everyone knew something was going on and nobody wanted to deal with it and to, to penalize them when, yeah, like you're saying, there are some, some of the worst humans in existence are in the major league baseball hall of fame. Some of just the most vile racists and just, just awful uh, cap Anson, just some really terrible guys, Uh, you know? So Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, they used amphetamines and have admitted to it. I mean, I, I think performance enhancing drug performance enhancing drugs have been going back a lot further than people will admit. So anyway, um, yeah, Clemens and Bonds uh, aren't going anywhere. And I think, I don't know, I'm hoping that as some of the younger baseball writers get uh, get membership in the BBWAA, that maybe they'll get some traction. But yeah. Cool. Nice. That's sports. Next segment. Ask a Pop Star. Ask a Pop Star is one of our favorite segments here on the Weekly Awesome. We are lucky enough to have access to most of, if not all, of the pop stars that exist or have existed. And uh, we've figured our best way to contribute to society is to get your questions, take them to the pop stars because they know all. So if you have a query, you send it our way on Twitter, send it our way on Facebook, and we'll see if we can get the pop stars to answer. Louie, why don't you read the first one? Yeah, uh, this, this letter comes from Colin in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, Colin has a question for 80s rock juggernaut Toto. And uh, here's Colin's question. Dear Toto, I'm a first-year soccer coach who has a good squad overall. Our attack is especially strong. Going forward, I feel confident that we'll score goals and keep the other team on its toes. But our real problems lie in the back. I don't know what to do with our defense. We never get offsides drawn on the other team, and we get beat by speedy strikers. Toto, do you think you have any advice that I could uh, 
pass on to my back four. Any advice possible for my defense would be great. Thanks, Colin. Hmm, Colin, that's a that's a really good a really good question. Getting some advice on your soccer defense. Toto, do you have any uh any advice he could pass on to his back four? <laughs> that's that is good advice. That is, I mean, that is that is what you need to do. That's what you're that supposed what you to, do. to do. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. And then when it comes time, you're also supposed to clear the lines. Uh, make yeah. sure you get the ball out of there and, and and move the ball back up the other way up the pitch. Clearing and holding. If only Toto had a song about that. Clear the lines. Clearing and holding. Then do some lines. Boom. Drug <laughs> jokes. <laughs> oh, good advice, Toto. Thanks so much for getting back to us. All right, Bill. Next one. Bubba, I have here a letter from Tyler. Uh, he calls himself the frustrated new dad in Chicago. And uh, he has a letter addressed specifically to Tool, and it, it actually is about something that um, relates closely to the band. Um, he says, Dear Tool, at your recent Skullfuck America tour, I purchased your Tool baby crib at the merch table for my newborn son. I brought the crib home only to find myself locked in a never-ending cycle of frustration as I couldn't figure out how to build the crib. I continue to lay all of the parts out on the floor and check them against the instructions, verifying that they are all included. However, when it comes time to put them all together, I just can't seem to make everything go together the way it's supposed to. Am I missing something? Do I need to be looking for something else? Please help. Tyler, frustrated new dad in Chicago. Tool, what, what's he missing here? Are we missing something? Tool seems, I mean, they seem, they, they seem to think that the pieces should fit together. Yeah, I mean, Tyler, I, I don't I don't know. They watched them. I don't think they'd sell a crib at their Skullfuck America merch table if the pieces didn't fit. I mean, it seems like that would they'd be open to lawsuit if, if they did do that. But Yeah, so yeah. Ty, Tyler, sorry, Tool wasn't super helpful there. I guess just, uh, just keep trying. Our final Dear Pop Star comes from Samuel uh, from Virginia. And he is writing to Jim James, the front man of My Morning Jacket. And he writes, Dear Jim, I have been happily married for 44 years to my beautiful wife and best friend. We share a passion and together run one of the largest public libraries in the country. We travel, read, write, explore, eat, listen, enjoy as many of life's great, or shall I say awesome, big fan of the show, guys, adventures and pleasures. However... For the past five years, our marital bed lay dormant and unmoving. I've got a stockpile of Viagra and Cialis hidden in the den, and no use for them. I love my wife, and I don't want to hurt her feelings or spirit, but after five years, I can't take another day without reviving our physical relationship. Please, what can I say to her? Ooh, that's a, that's a pretty heavy one. Jim, wow. what should he say? Um, woo. I, that, I feel like that might in fact hurt her feelings, Jim. Uh, is there, could you maybe reword that a little bit? Um, that was basically the same thing. I don't know if that's great advice. Uh, Jim, do you think maybe he should say something maybe a little more about how he still feels for her and how he feels about her? Something to really make her understand the situation? He's the sexiest librarian 
Okay. Overall, not the greatest advice, but uh, thanks for getting back to us, Jim. Rock stars right, are tough to, you know, it's tough to say what whether your advice will be any good. They're yeah. they're mercurial characters. Let us know, Samuel, <laughs> if 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 you want to write us back and and let us know how this works out. We'd like to like to hear and and you know, good luck with that Dewey Decimal System. It's a bitch. Next segment, awesome video of the week. Along with pointing out an awesome person of the week, we know everybody likes to waste at least a little bit of their day watching videos on YouTube. So, like twenty-one yeah. minutes on Pokemon. <laughs> hey, it's not my fault. It was his accent. Anyways, awesome video of the week this week is going to come from Bill. Bill, point us to something great. Uh, yeah, just thinking about live concert videos that are that are fun to watch. I I, I do like to watch those. Um. I'm always a sucker for a good live concert video uh, stuff that, uh, you know, especially concerts that happened, you know, uh, before we were born or in this case when I was like one and there was no way I get, would get there. But uh, the live version performed by Queen um, at Wembley Stadium of Under Pressure, specifically the first minute and a half uh, where Freddie Mercury is doing a whole call and response bit with the audience. Um, it's a really good minute and a half long example of just just how good Freddie Mercury was at um, just being on stage and rocking and entertaining and, and just putting on a good show. Um, so this is up on the Weekly Awesome webpage, theweeklyawesome.com. Definitely go check it out, uh, our, our awesome video of the week, Under Pressure by Queen from their Live at Wembley concert in 1986. Make sure you check out that website. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Weekly Awesome. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can email us at the Weekly Awesome Podcast if you've got questions or comments or you'd like to write to a pop star. And uh, as always, tell your friends. All right, next segment. Let's all go to the movies. Let's all stay home and watch Netflix instead. Or maybe Amazon Instant Video. It comes free with Amazon Prime. This week on Movies, we talk one of the biggest trilogies of all time. Ah, Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Nope. Bigger. Indiana Jones. Double big. Mush them all together and mash it into a 90s sports com. And you've got major leagues. One, two, and three. Back to the minors. Louis. Let's talk major league. Well, I think... The way, uh, one good way to sum up this trilogy, which I love because uh, it shouldn't be a trilogy. It should be one Absolutely movie. not. <laughs> Wholeheartedly uh, agree. Here's, here's a good way to sum up the three movies. Uh, released in 1989, 1994, and 1998, respectively. Their Rotten Tomatoes scores are, in order, 82%, Major League One. Good movie. Awesome. Major League Two. Five percent, not quite as good. Not very awesome. Major League Three, back to the minors, twenty-one percent, which I can only assume Ooh. means that most people didn't actually watch Major League Three because <laughs> they didn't know there was a Major League Three. But Scott Bakula was so compelling. Um, you know, and I and I I love this trilogy because it shows its seams so well. You know, it it shows uh like most like most uh, uncalled for sequels you can see you can see that nobody cared as much and there wasn't as much talent or money and it just got weirder and uh 
for those not um, aware of the the films, Major League follows the hapless Cleveland Indians as they once again suck ass at baseball. Um, they, <laughs> they have a new so owner. Much ass. They have a new owner who is, in fact, wants them to lose on purpose so she can move the team and make some money, make a tidy that profit Rachel on it. That Rachel Phelps is one bitch. Yeah, she's cold-hearted, cold-blooded. Um, stars the great Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, Tom mm. Berenger, mm. Um, Corbin Benson, mm. um, Dennis Haysbert, a.k.a. the president in 24, and the Allstate guy or whatever insurance yeah. company. Um and it's it's a great come from behind lovable loser story. And Major League Two, we're gonna focus on the sequels. Major League Two goes wrong pretty much from the start, but it positions <laughs> itself as kind of a trappings of fame story. You know, everyone's a little too big for their britches. Um, everyone's you know their britches. Yeah, and Lord knows they've got some britches. And uh, <laughs> you know, Wesley Snipes has become Omar Epps, which is was a sneaky transition that it was seamless though. That some of us noticed, uh, but you know, <laughs> Charlie Sheen, uh, Charlie Sheen's character Wild Thing, Rick Vaughn is all of a sudden cares about suits and his image, and a major storyline in Major League Two is that a cereal company wants him to be their spokesperson, and this turns out to be like a quest for his soul in a way that is very funny. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I got, I got a lot of notes here, bub. I'm going to throw it over to you for major league two, but I got a lot of notes here on just all the things that are so silly about this and the next movie. But what are your thoughts on the sequels? I think major league two is amazing to watch because it is a mix of so terrible, but yet there are still a couple really high points in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that, uh, the character of Harry Doyle, uh, played by Bob Euchre, uh, was he Milwaukee yep. Brewers announcer and former yep. catcher uh, is is so good in the first movie. It's the thing that ties the entire first movie together. And so when you have that trapped inside of you and he's in this movie where it's the it, the quality of the writing of the acting of everything has gone so shitty and it's just such a hack job compared to the first one. But then Bob Uecker is still there being really goddamn funny and like perfect. It, it made the really stupid parts way funnier to me. And I don't know. It's one of those. I love it because it's stupid. But yeah, Major League 3 blows serious ass. And Scott Bakula is terrible. Uh, so just a couple things just that I just love about these two movies. Because they get baseball so wrong that it's enjoyable. Um, oh, yeah. One of the funniest things is Jack Parkman is the villain in Major League 2, <laughs> as you'll all remember. We're introduced to Jack Parkman. As he enters the Cleveland Indians clubhouse for the first time as their new big free agent signing. And he's wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses and he's just ripping a heater, smoking cigarettes like most starting catchers in the major leagues do. (laughs) And and Omar Epps and Charlie Sheen are like, who's that guy? Oh, that must be Parkman. That must be the fucking major league free agent we signed. Like, they don't know the guy (laughs) who was just... Yeah, like, what the fuck? That makes no sense. Also, why is he smoking in the clubhouse? People smoke. Lou, Lou smokes on his way to his goddamn bypass surgery. And nobody even, it's not even, like, ironic. It's not like a joke. He just does it. Okay, so that's fun. Another thing is somehow, somehow Jack Parkman and Jake Taylor 
have been grandfathered into the no ear flap thing in yeah, the middle '90s, which I don't really understand. That seems like it shouldn't be possible. <laughs> like if you're um, old enough, just wearing. Yeah, no I don't know. Uh, also, I don't know if you remember this, Bubba, but while Rube Baker is trying to learn how to throw the ball back to the pitcher, the pitching coach is also just ripping heaters, just smoking cigarettes <laughs> while he throws batting practice, or not even batting practice. He's just throwing the ball to Rube Baker. Just, I guess that would, you'd got to let and, him smoke. And Rachel Phelps is smoking in the owner's box, like, like, like pulling an entire in one giant drag when she's pissed off. Like everyone is smoking needlessly in that movie. It makes no oh, it's so sense. fun. And it's, and it's funny because it seems like, like that movie's made in 1994. It's not like one of those older movies where you're like, oh, well, that, you know, everyone is smoking. It's like, I don't think everyone was smoking. No. I just think they, they think it means something it doesn't. And, um, <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> okay, so the premise of quickly, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Major League Three has nearly no connection to any of the other movies. It's beautiful. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb. So the first three names in the credits, the big three top billing: Scott Bakula, Corbin mm. Burnson, Dennis mm. Haysbert. I mean, if that doesn't mm. get you wet, ready to watch some. <laughs> back to the miners action <laughs> what does all right um so scott bacula is married to basically a generic renee russo i think that's what they must have said in the casting call she's just a non a nondescript renee russo kind of lookalike um he's a down in his luck former pitcher who's now got to resort to tricks like throwing frozen baseballs which apparently is a thing yeah, he exchanges a baseball for a frozen one from a cooler, and it somehow like stops flying in midair because it was frozen. I think is the idea. Um, uh, the twins are the villain, which is also hilarious, and are managed <laughs> are managed by the neighbor and married with children. Um, <laughs> and he must have had it written into his contract that he wasn't required to wear a hat because he yeah. never wears a hat in the whole movie and he's a goddamn baseball manager but his his hair is so glorious that he clearly was like no you're not putting uh, this not putting this under a bushel basket um also scott bacula at one point says uh yeah okay it's the most unconvincing thing in the whole world scott bacula in that movie it's so so wretched oh man but um, rube baker's still funny rube baker's the only good part of that movie also, in this fictional universe, everyone cares about the AAA team for the Minnesota Twins. Like, there's a story in the Sporting News, the Sporting News, which is a national, maybe international publication in 1998, that has a story that says, the buzz fly into third place. Like, this AAA team, in which, let's be honest, standings don't matter because it's the minor leagues, are in third place. Let's put that in the Sporting News. That drove me crazy. Um, How about Bubba. that a major league team and a, and a triple A team are just going to play each other for, for, for rights in the same organization. Like nobody in that organization <laughs> is like, maybe you shouldn't do that. That's a crazy idea. Why? No. Um, okay. Bubba, I asked you if you noticed the major continuity error in major league three. Did you, did you catch it? I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not pay a lot of attention while I watched it recently because it's fucking terrible, but no, <laughs> so, what was it? So there's a man batting and he's number 48 and he hits a fly ball to right field and the runner on first runs off first base 
and the ball is caught, and so the runner must dive back into first, you know, to to avoid getting doubled up on the fly ball. Right. He does so uh, as he dives in and gets doubled up and stands up. He is also number forty-eight, which seems <laughs> seems unlikely, or I don't know, against some type of rule that the guy batting and the guy on first would have the same number. But uh, that's a thing. Um, also. As a Twins fan, one amazing moment is when they first enter the Metrodome for their exhibition game. They play this very sparkly music, and they try to do their best to show different aspects of them getting the field ready, like it's this magical, pristine Major League Park. (laughs) And it's so depressing. Like, they just show, like, a bunch of empty blue plastic seats, and then, like, some AstroTurf, and it's like, ugh, this is awful. (laughs) Like, who gives a shit? Oh yeah, it's just it's an airplane hangar that they played baseball in. I mean, uh, uh, and, and I think I think the to go along with the 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 continuity error, like one of for sure my favorite parts of why these two movies are so terrible is the baseball in them. Like oh. they're not even faking it. Like they are getting guys who have no ability to pretend they have any idea what they're doing mixed in with a couple guys that were hired who are obviously ball players. It's just, it's so atrocious that you can't help but be kind of charmed by it and want to want to watch more. Unless of course it's major league three in which you want to gouge your eyes out. Well, and, and I would challenge anyone who's willing to watch uh, two and three to prove me wrong, but I, I'm nearly certain. And there mm. is a good amount of, uh, I not I was gonna say subtle racism, but it's not very subtle. It's just pretty bad. Oh no, um, it's very especially not around especially around uh, our hero Kamikaze Tanaka who comes in from Kamikaze the, Tanaka, yeah, the Japanese league. Peaceful. Um, but Outside. I would challenge Warrior. I would challenge any listener to to tell me I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's introduced as Hiroshi Tanaka. At some yep. point, his name on the scoreboard is Itsuro Tanaka. And then in the third movie, his name is Taka Tanaka. Um, and I, I don't know if they just decided they don't care or or what, but it, he wears like a karate outfit and has a sword. And it just gets weird and really offensive and on a lot of levels in a lot of ways. Um, but if you have a, a free few hours and want to feel better and about hate your, life. your knowledge. <laughs> like, yeah. I no. suggest that you just do all three in a row. Do a do a do a three way and watch the first one to really get an awesome movie and understand the series, and then watch the other two and laugh your ass off. Make sure that you have plenty of Takate, which is uh, a t shirt. Mm. Jake Taylor is wearing a Takate t shirt in the first Major League. Um, is that you, Tolbert? Isn't <laughs> funny. I'm hungover. <laughs> you're gonna pull this shit. You can at least pretend you're from the Yankees. Clip. And then, you know, if you if you have the time and you're not too drunk on Takate, maybe circle back to that first one and remind yourself, you know, why they felt it was a good idea to spend three or four more hours on this idea. So Major League Trilogy, one of the most interesting and lopsided and odd ones out there, but worth worth chatting about, we decided. <laughs> Next segment. on games we're talking normal nintendo my favorite normal nintendo game was mega man 2 
My favorite my normal favorite Nintendo, Nintendo game, game is RBR Baseball. And my favorite normal Nintendo game is The Legend of Zelda. Awesome! awesome. Next segment. 401k taxes and baby throw up. That's right. Now it's time to ask a grown up with Bill. All right. We're back with Ask a Grown Up with Bill, one of our favorite segments here on the Weekly Awesome. Louie and I, not being grown ups or at least not acting like them, are trying to evolve and better ourselves to be more like Bill, who's one of the finest grown ups I know. Bill, you're the best. Uh, thanks. You're welcome. Uh, so we, uh, we sometimes prepare questions for Bill uh, of things that we're a little confused about when it comes to being a grown-up. Louie, what's your question for Bill? Well, Bill, I have a simple question I can elaborate on. Um, but when must I begin tucking in my shirt? That's, uh... Now? Well, I know yeah, that... I mean... and, and I'd like to... I'll just, I'll just say this. I know that, obviously, I, I don't always <laughs> have my shirt untucked. But yeah, you do. I, I mean, I will tuck it in if I'm wearing a shirt and tie or a suit or if if I'm in, I don't know, business casual dress for some hypothetical job that makes me dress up like that. But anyone who knows me knows that it I look physically uncomfortable and like almost unwell if I have my shirt tucked in. <laughs> like it seems like I have something in my in my colon or I don't know, like I'm just there's something amiss. <laughs> You look like a crazy person with a tucked-in shirt. And, like, I just, uh, (laughs) but it seems like at some point, maybe, I don't know, when when on a regular basis, when I'm just going out to do things with my family and cross things off my list, do I have to start tucking my shirt in? Is that a thing? Uh, well, I'm going to give you a kind of, it it depends on the shirt, I feel like. (laughs) Okay. I, I, I feel like. I feel like depending on the kinds of shirts you buy and what what they look like, wolf t shirts. Well, no, man, I wouldn't tuck in a wolf t shirt. No, Good, you wear that shit untucked. This is a wolf t shirt. This pack flies free. <laughs> how long after how long after I tuck in shirts do I need to get buy a cell phone clip? <laughs> I tuck my shirts in, and I don't have a cell phone clip. But okay, I, so there no, is man, middle like, ground there. Yeah, no, I no, I wear a. Just like you though, man. I I wear shirts tucked in when I wear a tie or you know a jacket, and for me that's most days at work. But like if I'm going out to if we're going out to dinner at just like a random local restaurant or something like that, if I I have some shirts that like some more casual button down type shirts that can be worn untucked and they look fine that way, and I'll wear them untucked still sometimes. So I don't know. Uh, okay, well then, how how do I know whether a shirt may be worn untucked i i have a hard time telling if it's a if it's a like a, a a dress shirt dress shirt like something if you buy it in the same part of the store where they're also selling suits and ties then that's a shirt you should wear tucked in what if i what if i got it in a free box on the street <laughs> that's you could probably wear it untucked then okay all right what, what if he's wearing a tie with it you should probably tuck it in what if it's a bolo tie um, you should you should probably <laughs> shoot yourself. Whoa! Hey, I have a bolo tie and I look darn tootin' good in it. Sorry, that's uncalled for. Bolo ties are cool. Yeah, right. There's no coming back from that, Bill. <laughs> I I don't know. I feel now. I feel bad. I'm sorry. I feel like a jerk. I don't actually own a bolo tie. I just think they're oh, cool. Oh, okay. I still feel like a jerk for saying that. 
Good question, Louis. Bill, as as for always, dynamite advice. We look I, forward I to try. growing and, and using your guidance to fulfill our grown-upness. All right. It's time for the weekly awesome awesome quiz. Every week one of us Ooh. prepares a quiz. Ooh, a I forgot quiz about this. Ooh. For the other two. Running tally can be found on our website, theweeklyawesome.com, along with a plethora of other things. Check out our video of the week, check out our songs of the week, and uh, check out our old podcast, get links to our social media, theweeklyawesome.com. All right, this week on the Awesome Quiz, I'm giving the quiz. So we've got three rounds, one question apiece. Uh, if you tie 3-3, three, three, we've got a tiebreaker question. Um, we will flip to see uh, who goes first with the third question. Um, but we'll start with Bill. Mm-hmm. Bill, question one of the Awesome Pop Quiz. And, and by the way, this week's quiz is brought to you by Baseball Hall of Fame talk and Major League talk. That made me really want to do baseball trivia. So we've got baseball trivia. Bill, question one. Mm -hmm. How many baseballs could Hall of Famer and Man Mountain Johnny Bench hold in one hand? Mm -hmm. Five, six, or seven? I I feel like for some reason I remember thinking about this once. I remember reading this somewhere, and I remember trying to do this trying to put this many baseballs in my hand and for some reason i remember trying to put seven baseballs in my hand i feel like the answer is seven could he hold seven the correct answer is seven baseballs yes and for those of you who don't know that is fucking incredible oh, it's nuts <laughs> that is so impossible you can't get seven baaseballs to touch the under part of your hand let alone <laughs> hold them yeah try oh, it i, I can get you, i can get six to touch the under part of my hand but I, I but you that. have the biggest hands of any human i've ever actually met that's true yeah I that's like insane Louis could palm a basketball in third grade that's <laughs> probably not true. A, a, a men's <laughs> basketball all right bill's got one Louis. Your first question. In the infant years of baseball's existence, you could get a runner out by throwing the ball and hitting them while they're running the bases. What was this kickball-esque attack called? Was it patching, thrashing, or plunking? I want to go with patching. Patching is correct. Oh, I was, was really uh, hoping it was thrashing just because it sounds cooler. <laughs> Yeah, for the first many years, you could just chuck the ball and hit a guy. And I have I have hit many people with a baseball, throwing as hard as I can. And I have been hit by many baseballs. It hurts like hell. Mm -hmm. And I read that there was a big uproar in the league when it happened because they thought it would take away take away from the sport's masculinity by removing that rule. So awesome! All right, after round one, one to one, round two, Louis, you're first. All Minnesota Twins fans will remember. When David Wells threw a perfect game drunk against the Twins in 1998. Similarly, Doc Ellis claims to have been under the influence of what chemical when throwing his 1970s no-hitter? Yes, LSD. That is correct. Didn't he show up late to the stadium that day? No, he dropped dropped acid and he basically lost an entire day. Right. Like he woke up and it was a day later than he thought it was. And he took he woke up and took LSD because he thought it was yeah. the day before, yep. right? And so right. He, then he realized he had to go to work, right? And that's his story. And he, it, there's a YouTube video. Just it's hilarious. LSD. It's amazing. That is so crazy. And if it's true, it is true. Doc Ellis <laughs> throwing a no hitter <laughs> no on LSD. Fucking hitter LSD. on LSD. Yeah. Good lord! I think it's the only time you can say LSD is awesome. 
Um, what? All right. <laughs> two to one. <laughs> Round two, Bill, to, to equalize. Yeah. In a publicity stunt in 1951 by the owners of the St. Louis Browns, three foot seven inch tall Eddie Goodell became and remains the shortest person to ever play in a major league baseball game. What was the number on his jersey? Oh, it's something and a half. Um, I'm going to say because you said he was three feet tall. I think he did. He weigh three and a half or was no. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. It was just a half. He just wore the number half. Right. One over two. You went in the right direction, but I'm sorry. It's one eight. Oh, yeah. Shit. That would not happen today. Uh, I believe <laughs> many people would get involved before it uh, happened. But at one eighth, he's three seven. If he yeah, was half, on. he'd still be <laughs> seven foot four. Yeah. Seven foot two. Yeah. I think the I implication mean, is that he is a tiny man. I think yeah, I think that, that was I what they were going for. Then. Yeah. Oh, all right. After two rounds, Louis two, Bill one. It's for all the marbles. All right. How many marbles? Coin. How many marbles does the winner get? Wait, hold on, hold on, guys. Urban Meyer is freaking out about something right now. He's absolutely. I don't know what's going on because the sound is off. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what he freaked out about. But uh, he's really, really, really angry. Two and a half minutes left. Ohio State up thirty-five to twenty. His arch nemesis, yeah. Rural Meyer, just showed up. And... <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's not that funny. So it sounds. So it hard. sounds like it sounds like my prediction was wrong. I don't know. He might. He might still. Ch- he he's could still angry. die. But that, that part lose. could be right. But yeah, right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Uh, all right. Okay. What you got, Bubs? All right. I'm going to flip a coin here. I uh, will say heads, Louis goes first. Tail, Bill goes first. Heads. Who was heads? Louis. <laughs> Louis. <laughs> Louis goes first. Louis. Louis goes first. All right. All right. This is a tough round. This is as serious as it gets when it comes to baseball. Louis, please name for me all nine characters. First name or nickname will do, but full names are encouraged. Of the Sandlot. Um, Hamilton Porter. One catcher. Um, you might want to just tell me their names. Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't remember his name. Um, Tommy and Timmy, who ended up becoming engineers or something. All right. So far, you got five. Four uh, more. Smalls, a.k.a. Dennis Leary's stepson. I don't know his character's <laughs> name. <laughs> Slash Karen Allen's son. Yep. Um, uh, the, uh, the pitcher who wears the Kansas City Monarchs hat. I don't yep. remember his name, though. Um, five seconds. Fly, I can't do it. No, I cool. lose. Squints, man. Don't forget Squints. Uh, Squints Paladoris. You forgot Michael Squints Paladoris, Kenny DeNunez, Bertram Grover Weeks. Uh, he's the first baseman. Maybe. So we had Kenny DeNunez, Hamilton Porter, Allen, yeah, yeah, McClellan, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, Scotty Smalls, Timmy and Tommy Timmons, and Michael Squints Paladoris. Uh, all right, score remains two to one. Bill, you can tie it up right here. Let's do it. His better his question better be goddamn difficult. Bill. Yeah. In numerical order, starting with the pitcher, please put all of those members of the sandlot at the correct position. Oh now, well, I didn't Bill, know I was helping him. Now, 
During the movie, they show a few guys playing a few different positions when they're at the Sandlot, and that's because there are only nine of them, so when one of them is hitting, they all have to play a few positions. But we're going with their positions when they played those stuck-up rich kids from the other side of town. Oh, those cake eaters. the absolute oh, shit out of them. All right? Give me everybody's position. I will give you their names again if you need help with their names. Well, one was, the was Weeks, with- the Monarch kid, right? The Kansas City Monarch kid was pitching. Yep. That's okay. okay yep. That's is that that's Weeks, right? That's no, that's Kenny DeNunez. Oh, that's DeNunez. So so right. far he's zero for one. <laughs> one for I know one. who you <laughs> meant though. You said it to the Kansas City Monarch. I told, I told him I would tell him all of the people's Port, names. Porter is catching. Okay. That's two. And then okay, so then Weeks is at first base. Three for three. Oh damn it. Dottie Hendricks was actually catching. I believe. I'm gonna say, <laughs> I'm gonna say, Tommy Timmons at second base. Four for four. And then, uh, um, Squints at third base. And uh, <laughs> who's at third? The is third base. Allen, yeah, yeah, McClellan. McClellan. Timmy Timmons Tim is short at short. Scotty okay, Smalls in left field. Benny the Jet in center. And center Michael and then Squints is in right. Damn it. Okay. I'm sorry, Bill. You've lost again. Lost Louis, again. you are the champion. Celebrate. All right. <laughs> Great work, fellas. Those are some tough questions. I particularly like the LSD one. <laughs> Final song of the week coming from Louis. Louis, give us your choice this week. Action Bronson is one of my favorite rappers. He's from Queens, and uh, he just announced his uh, his first major label studio album is coming out. Mr. Wonderful, it's called. It's coming out in March, and the details just got released last week. And uh, got me starting to listen to some of his uh, stuff from the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, I, I chose a song... Um, called Rolling Thunder, produced by Party Supplies off uh, the Action Bronson and Party Supplies mixtape Blue Chips 2. It's pretty classic Action Bronson, a lot of um, incredibly lewd and vulgar talk, uh, many references to gourmet food, mm. some great sports lines dropped in, and um, yeah, it's probably the best reference to face-to-face toilets I've ever heard in a song, so... Uh, <laughs> Rollin' Thunder by Action Bronson is my song of the week. Check out Mr. Wonderful. His debut major label album is uh, coming out in March. So here it is. Smoking in that rocket ship. Uh... My past life, I was a rabbi, now I live a fast life. Drugs on standby in a circle by the campfire. Telling stories of yesteryear, pull out the pocket mirror just to check my hair. Hit it with the comb again. The rap dentist, the menace with Dennis Robbins in Venice, inventive. She took a bump and started dancing like Elaine Venice. The big chain swing like I'm playing tennis. One man team about to win the pennant. Now you can tell by my pendant that I'm protected Direct the Senate in the blue and orange Lexus Watch a seven, land in Dublin Pull me in the room and ask if it's resin I said no, they sent me on my way with blessings I 
train the dolphin to let the slammer off like Dolph Lundgren. That's if your mouth running, you'll get your cow something. I'm red like a fucking Asian playing hockey. My ocean viewers do the poppy. Bitches call me Rodney. Bought my bitch a present, hope I don't spoil it. What is it, baby? Face-to-face toilets. Toyota with the spoiler, ace of base boiling. I play ball like Billy Hoyle. Now I need a Sydney Dean to help me start this raffle in the Philippines. I stay in flushing like I'm Dylan G. You ain't gotta open the comic book to figure who the villain be. It's me doing perfect dives in the Sicilian Sea. You know I like my bitch with a Brazilian V. Bumping Bobby Brown, cry when I'm not around. She always hold it down, pound under the seat. In that all white Jeep. Sleep, that's if you wanna. I'll be schwitzing in the sauna. It's better than the piggies blitzing on the corner. Come in the crib every night and I kiss my daughter. Same lips spit on the lawyer. <sighs> We out. It's me. Always, forever. song goes over a sample of a song that's in six eight time mm-hmm. i like it too because when before the drums come in you're like i don't know how he's gonna do this it could go either way yeah it's an interesting the way they laid the drums down uh, they were kind of cutting across two different time signatures mm-hmm. and it was uh it's interesting and then but it always brings you back to that kind of 60s you know like doo-wop teeny pop yeah yeah doo-wop teeny pop uh style I, I i thought i think it's a very cool song yeah, there's a there's a Dylan G reference, the New York Mets starting pitcher, which is it's a fun one if you catch it. So check it out. Awesome, awesome, great song choice, Lee. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Weekly Awesome, fellas. Awesome show. Thanks. Yeah, it was you fun, too, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so everybody out there, make sure you check us out online at theweeklyawesome.com. Uh, a great way to listen to our podcast, which we uh, upload through SoundCloud is with the SoundCloud mobile app. So go to SoundCloud, download their mobile app with your mobile device. You can listen in the car, at work, or wherever. Um, It's simple, it works really well, and it's a good gateway to a lot of other music. Uh, I know that we all use it, and uh, yeah, it'll make listening to the Weekly Awesome that much easier. Uh, Check us out on theweeklyawesome.com, at Weekly Awesome on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, The Weekly Awesome. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Bubba. I'm Louie. And I'm Bill. And remember, drink beers, read a book, listen to a new band, watch sports, eat snacks, pack one, find some strange, sing a song, watch some sci-fi, cook something, watch soccer, harmonize, and remember, always shoot for awesome. Have an awesome week, everybody. Bye. Bye. The end has come. It's time to say goodbye. But don't be sad. Think of all the fun we've had. I'll see you soon. Don't think you've lost some. Cause next week will be fucking awesome too.
All right, final BCS championship update. Bill, give it to us. Ohio State is, well, Urban Meyer just decided to fuck Oregon in the ass and scored a touchdown with 27 seconds left when he was already up 35 to 20. I guess he doesn't believe in taking a knee. So uh, there's now 17 seconds left, and Ohio State's up 42 to 20, and it's it's over. Ohio State are your national championship champions. So I'd like to congratulate the SEC on being the finest football conference in college football. Burn!